Will you stand with me? I don't know if you do this in your church, but we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. There's the flag. So if you'll turn there, we'll start. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all. Thank you. Have a seat. With indivis indivisible with liberty and justice for all. It's kind of a kingdom principle, and it? it's pretty interesting. We don't say that much. I hope you're saying that in your church. We make a, we're fairly deliberate about that. But I want to make a point here, something real quick. Notice the order that we do that. We pray first, right? Who are we first? You know, we are not Christian patriots. We're patriotic Christians, right? Or at least I am. And I'm bold about that. And I'm not, I have to balance that in the church. Many are not nearly as patriotic, like Chris, as nearly as perhaps as I am. But I'm proud of that. And I think we stand for a lot of those same principles. And I talk about that quite a bit. So you'll have to decide how, what the DNA of your church is and play into that. But I, um, I think it's important, at least in, if we're serving our nation, that we honor that nation as well. So um, you're in our military prayer room. This is what this normally looks like 24 hours a day. Um, this is open for prayer, and it's filled many times for pe with people doing prayer, not just our military, but for others as well. You can see here we have pictures that represent many of our soldiers. We have 1,000-plus active-duty military uh, members and family members in this church, probably about 3,500 who have served in some capacity in the military. So it's a big, it's a fairly large ministry if you, if you think about that. Um, so today what I'd like to talk about is just, I'm going to broaden this a little bit from our perspective and talk about the role of the local church in military ministry. I've got a little PowerPoint, but I want this to be a discussion, excuse me, and not just me talking if we can. Uh, and if you joined Pastor Brady in that first session, one of the things he talked about was that Eugene Peterson taught him this idea, the main role of a pastor is to do those two things, pay attention and call attention. So it's the pay attention piece that kind of brought us in the last year to a more deliberate military ministry. So I want to show you, I wasn't supposed to do that, wasn't I? I was supposed to do this. Let's look at this picture real quick, and this kind of represents what this is all about. Many of you have seen this. This is a story out of Fallujah, I think, as I recall. So this is a young man who's been in battle. How do, you, how do you tell that? Yeah. The helmet's cocked back. Battle's, the battle's over. Isn't it? It's over. How do you know that? Cigarettes. <laughs> it's, that's done. It's done. It's, you can have one now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... Uh, you can see he's got a cut on his nose. It's probably where his helmet, he jumped somewhere or fell in, a, did something, and smashed that part of his nose. His, uh, he hadn't shaven a couple days. Looks like that camouflage paint, which never comes off, you can't even get it off, is worn off somehow through sweat and, and all of that. Chin strap cocked a little bit to the side. The good news is he's alive. He's alive physically. He won the fight physically. But look deep in his eyes. And here's what I, where, this is the whole, kind of the, 
background for our ministry is what's in his eyes right there. He's a victim of the spiritual battle. He lost this thing spiritually. And that's, what we wanted, that's why we started a ministry at this church. And I think it because we paid attention to what's going on. We were listening to what was going on, not only in our congregation, but in town with the breakup of the families and the suicide rates and the PTSD problems and all of those things that were going on. It didn't, it, we didn't have to put on you know, an antenna up or anything. It was pretty obvious what was going on. So we were asking the question, what, what are we doing about this? So that's what you're going to see is kind of how we paid attention and then how Pastor Brady has decided to call attention to that. That'd be great if, if it's not too, if it's not too uh, warm. There's water here if you want some. I want to keep moving because we've got a lot to go here. Okay. Um, you, there, there may be people in your congregation to make the case, what are you treating these guys special for? I'm going to, make, I'm going to give you five cases. Okay? Here's one. The answer to an incredible calling. This is scriptural. They're standing for someone else. Right? Number two, they fight in some of the toughest places. This is where the spiritual battle occurs as well. When there's a physical battle going on, one is isolated, is up against odds, he's worried about all these things. All, the, the enemy knows exactly when to take to get engaged there. That's kind of a no-brainer to me. You know? Hey, these guys need a home church. I can tell you after 30 years of never having a home church in the Army, I, uh, I decided I was going to try to do something about that for my Army, this new Army, and for the military at large. By the way, when I speak about Army, I was in the Army. Um, but I love Air Force, too. I love Navy guys, Marines, I, you know, I, and I do. I, but... Uh, you know, it's just the way you talk. So bear with me if we you would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I found I never had a home church. Many times we'd go. My wife and I decide we'd want to go off post, or we lived off post. We want to go to the local church, and they kind of looked at us like, "What are you doing here? You're only going to be here two years. Get out of here." We, it, that was kind of an attitude, and I thought, oh, "We're not going to be that. We don't want to be that way." In fact, we want to go draw them in. We want them to know this is their local church. By the way, do you know how many people, how, what percentage of the, of the force lives off post now? 70%. They live in, they live in the, where the local churches are. It used to be, when I was in, a matter of fact, it was 30% lived off post and 70% lived on post. Now it's just the opposite. 70 to 75% of the whole force lives off post in the communities now. And that's even more here in this community, in, in Colorado Springs, by the way. So I don't know where your churches are, but if that's, you, it may be something to ask. If, if, so. And then where those clusters are. It's very easy to map where those are here to see where our military people live. Big thought here, but I believe this. Um, if, if there's going to be a transformation, a critical spot for that will be in our military, I believe. I really, really believe this deep in my heart. It ain't going to happen politically in, the, in that political world. But it will be those who humble themselves. And I think this is where we have an opportunity to make a big difference. For us, for example, being across the street from an Air Force Academy where 4,000 cadets are training to be the leaders of this nation, this is huge. Finally, I think we can transform the world. They're there. We're sending them. If we send them and they're bringing light, 
at any opportunity, it becomes a transforming process naturally, very naturally. But there's one other I want to point out here. This is really interesting to me. Uh, this is the enlistment oath. And it does say, I, Colin Willis, do solemnly swear, I'll support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's interesting. All enemies. <laughs> I, could, I could go on this one. I could preach this one. <laughs> uh, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States, orders of the officers appointed over me, according to regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Pause. When I delivered this, when I would re-enlist or enlist somebody, I always talked to them in advance and said, I'm going to pause right there, and I'm not going to say, so help me God, out of the side of my mouth and let that slip off. This is about, so help me, God. This was written this way. And, and by the way, this still holds today. Politically, this is still correct in our armed forces. So if you ever have a chance to go to a, an enlistment or re-enlistment ceremony, think through that and have that person, if you're with them, to think through, so help me, God, do what we just said there. They're relying on God to perform the duty. That's why they're special in our church, in my opinion. Okay, let's keep going here. Let's talk a little bit about this American fighting person, soldier, airman, airwoman, you know, all, warrior. Let's call it a warrior. Okay, here we go. Here we are on the left side. Tad over. You all know this. This is what our, we simply represent everybody else. It's an average Joe. Guy can cuss. I mean, it's, I wear one of these guys. I know every one of those things, believe me. I've drank, I've smoked, I've done all that with them. I, uh, I never had a tattoo, but I love the, I love their tattoos. I look at, ta I t when I talk to soldiers now, I meet a lot of them at Burger King, and I make them roll up their sleeves. I want to see what their tattoos are. I ask them. And you know what? About 75% have tattoos. And of those, a vast majority have something spiritual in them. So many of them say, in God I trust. It's really amazing to me. Now, there are some ugly ones in there, too, believe me. And I kind of go down that stream. Where would that one come from, brother? All that. They know how to play these Call of Duty games. What's the issue there? Kind of dumbs down the idea of killing somebody and violence. Explicit music, you know, you know what I'm talking about there. Many truths. Hey, it's, not, it's not that there aren't any unanswered questions, that there aren't any un, unquestioned answers. Everybody's got an answer. Lady Gaga is as important as Jesus Christ in terms of giving answers. Generation I and Y, it's me, it's all about me, and then why do I have to accept your convictions, old man? I mean, that's kind of what I get. I don't believe in those convictions. I don't believe that at all. And everything's relative and everything's kind of, he you know, where we are in our culture today. And these soldiers, these warriors kind of represent that. However, then we send them to basic training. This is what they become. So they're, they're at, at the same time, this, and at the same time, discipline. They become ethical in a, in a, to a degree. They're fit, well-trained, highly motivated, tough, all those kind of things. They're brothers. They're tight. They don't fight for the world. They don't fight for... The nation, they don't fight for Colorado Springs. They fight because I, I'm going to take care of you and this squad right here, and that's it. It's really about it. A little bit about the culture. You all know this. It's very proud. This is, this is a mission trip. There are many ministries, by the way. You might want to consider this in your own ministry, military ministry. 
who take a missions approach to this. How do you go into another culture? Because this is, many, you know, it's, a, it's its own culture, its own language, its customs, and its dress. It's got its own hierarchy in terms of a government. It's a nanny state. You're given medical care. You're given all of that stuff by design. It's got its own traditions, very transient. It's, it's like this constantly moving, respected in many ways. Uh, very diverse, typically fairly conservative, and there's a lot of hate it, love it, hate it at the end of the day kind of things. Go home and I can't stand that. I get to get out, but I love to go back tomorrow and fight with somebody. So all of you probably know that culture. But my point about it is be very aware of that culture in terms of they're in a compound. And when I pray over that, it's almost like I'm praying over a nation. And that nation has been... In many cases, these military bases have been infested by the enemy in a way that we just don't even understand. Military faith. Here's these guys designed to be strong and proud and told by their drill sergeant from day one, stands, and you can do it by yourself. Never surrender. General order number one is never surrender. You walk in the doors of the church, and what's the first order? I surrender all. The song is singing, and you're thinking, I'm not going to surrender. You know, what am I, now what am I supposed to do? Training schedules and the multiple deployments and their battle rhythm of, of their lives are just absolutely incredible. You can't keep a typical rhythm. For example, trying to do a Bible study with a soul, you can't do it in a typical way. Every Monday night show up, we'll have, it just ain't going to happen. I mean, it's amazing. Um, they're worn out now, many of as you well know. I think all the forces are to some degree. Um, there are chaplains in the force. Steve's a chaplain. We've got a couple. Uh, who else was some, is somebody coming else from Shriver? Okay, Amber's at one, and you're trying to. You're growing to be one. Yeah. Well, well bless you. So, um, here's the point about chaplains: is the role of the chaplain, by and large, especially in the fighting deployed him forces has become kind of a uh, responding uh, counselor instead of a instead of being able to get in front and be a disciple that's well out in front there are so many things going on because of what I described that that's kind of the nature of the chaplaincy process the chaplaincy now in the military um, what I see typically they're fairly young as you well know, the chaplaincy split have their own sponsoring organizations and so on. There's a lot going on in all of that called the chaplaincy. And you know what? They just need our help. It's that simple. So it's important, I believe, to the degree you can do it, is to whoever the military is around you, find the chaplains and talk to them. I spent a lot of time, I spent a year before I ever stepped into this role just getting to know chaplains at every, everywhere I could just talking to chaplains and seeing what was going on. They're, they're really, really good. They just, uh, to me, they're just um, overwhelmed. and they're, because it's, they're almost doubly combat fatigued because they're having to live their own life while they're caring for somebody else in, in an enormous way. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So what is designed to be a, a combat multiplier, multiplier meaning, 
by its very nature, it, it gives more power than would naturally be there, is not so much the multiplier anymore that it was. Okay, let's just, I want to show you a couple things real quick. Don't get all hung up in this. Just look at the big pie. Most important thing is in the upper left hand, this just shows Catholics, Protestants denominational, Protestants non-denominational, by kind of splitting out the force in 2009 and 10. The upper left hand quadrant there in light green, about 25 to 30% of the force, when they say, what's your faith, says no preference. So it's a force that, is kind of saying, eh, I don't know. And here's, of course, what happens then. It's on their dog tags. It says no preference. And Steve, when you were on the, you know, you go down on the battlefield and you look at a guy and you take his dog tag, which are designed, you kick one between his teeth and you take the other one and you, and you say, what am I supposed to do for you? Yeah. 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 Here's what here's what that means to me. If it's, there's just no hope, and I I I talk to him. I talk. I ask guys, can I see your dog tags? Many of them sit got Catholic or whatever. I said, okay, just just ask him. So what's it mean to you on that day? When that day comes and the combat medic looks at you or the chaplain stands there, what do you want him to do? Where are you going, by the way? An interesting question. There's another result that happens here. Look at this. A fifth of the war veterans report a mental disorder. Families are suffering the effects of PTSD. So what's happening is the Army launches yet another review. Not a, I love my Army, <laughs> but kind of tired of an, yet another review. So we're chasing. Quit studying. Let's try it. Let's see what we can do. And that's where Pastor Brady looked me in the eye and said, so well, now what are you going to do? Okay, here's, uh, here's the good news. If you were to Google what organizations can help with post-traumatic stress, there are about 600 of those organizations in our general area from Denver down to Colorado Springs. I don't know how well they do this process of treating post-traumatic stress, but that's good news. But it isn't, it isn't. I think that's still there, and they're not, a lot of people are not telling anybody there's a lot of that. Chris is somebody who works this very well from our church. Probably stand up and give us a whole, probably much better talk than I'm giving in this, Chris. But um, I want to show you something else, though. Our, our suicide rate now, is, as you well know, is higher than combat rate. That's not just, it's just a concern. And I, I wanted to tell you something, when, I, when we had this vision... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we started this, and Brady asked me to talk to him about what we would do, I did it on a Thursday night. On the following Tuesday night, we had a leadership conference here, and Pastor Jack Hayford was here. I don't know if you know him. It was 6.30 in the evening, and a soldier walked in in, in his combat uniform, and he walked up. And somebody said, Who you, what do you want to see? And he said, I just need to see a pastor. And somebody said, well, there's Pastor Brady. He went to Pastor Brady and he said, what? What's up? And he said, I'd, I'd like you to pray for me because I don't have any reason to live and I'm going to go kill myself. This was Thursday. I talked to him about this right here. And on Tuesday, the next Tuesday, this young man was going to kill himself. 
It turns out he thought he was coming to a meeting. We wouldn't normally have that meeting. He got on the net and looked at the first church that came up on the net, and there was a men's meeting at 6.30 in the morning. He read at 6.30 at night. He just happened to show up in Brady's arms. Brady just hugged him. Brady hugged him and said, no, you're not. We're not gonna, you're not going to do that. His name was Joshua. He's, his picture's right over here. He's still with us, and he's, he's hanging in there. Let me put it that way. It's tough. Um, read the bottom of this. Don't look at the tar- Don't look at that chart. Yes, yeah. But it, boy, I, I'll tell you a story about that later if I can about how the enemy piled on. It was almost I almost flew a red flag. You can't do that, enemy. <laughs> it's just piling on on that young man. It was just amazing, and he lied to him so much, and he believed all that. And uh, anyway. read this bottom one though. This is the vice chief of staff of the army admitting that they found an enemy that they can't whip. This is a spiritual issue to me. and I, Here's the heart of the matter then, in my opinion. We take these young soldiers. I'm sorry you can't read this, but I'll keep moving. We, they're highly trained, physically fit, well-armed, highly motivated, prepared to go into the physical battle, but they're not prepared, prepared for the spiritual battle. Where do we send them? into these darkest regions of the world that are not only just idly sitting by, but, but actively praying against what we're doing. They're actively laying on whatever that is against our forces. And so what happens to them? They come home in that very first picture. They're victors of the physical battle, but victims, uh, but victims in the spiritual sense. And so this is, this is kind of where we're paying attention to. We're seeing this. We spent, I spent a lot of time at Carson, and there's some incredible training that goes on. And they're, they're so well-trained, and they're so well-armed, it's amazing. Here's, here's a little picture of our town. This is Colorado Springs. We've got five huge installations. You can see 80,000-plus people actively engaged in this. Air Force Academy, Fort Carson is 50,000 people to the south. Cheyenne Mountain is still an active post, even though they've slowed that way down. Peterson and Shriver fly all of our satellites for the nation from weather to intel to GPS satellites. There, there's a lot going on in, in, in the city with obviously with our military. And I believe, there's a lot more in the background of this, but I want to summarize this. I personally believe if you even look at the direction of the cross on this church, it's pointing towards those installations. If we look at the Air Force Academy is at the foot of the cross and go to Carson and to Cheyenne Mountain and to Shriver. We're directly at the foot of the cross. God's looking down saying, what are you going to do, new life? That's what I believe. I think we have a divine purpose here in taking care of that community. Just as they're protecting us in a sense in a physical way, our job is to protect them in a spiritual way. That was a calling on our church. It may not be on your church, don't know. And that's why you just paying attention was important, I think. So what's that all mean? Well, Brady says, what are you going to do about that? Are we going to solve all the military's problems? I said, boss, I don't think we can do that. Are you going to, how about everything in colors? No, I don't even think we can do that. So we started just to look at what do we do in our own church. Now this was confirmed to us. This is really something interesting. I was meeting, this was the head chaplain. Steve, remember him? Chaplain Gibbs? 
I was meeting with him, and I said, Chaplain, what do we do? What, what help do you need? And he said to me very bluntly, just go be a chaplain for the soldiers and families in your church. Just go be a chaplain in your church. What he's saying was, I need more chaplains. You've got them. Go do that. Don't worry about bringing others to the Lord right now and saving anybody. Don't worry about advancing the kingdom at Fort, at Fort Carson or wherever you are. Just take care of the ones right now. And that was, this was truly an eye-opener for me. And this is kind of what it ended up being then. So in addition to what he was saying, here's something that we, we also caused, caused a lot of interest to us. All of the forces, every service I should say, has a thing called a resiliency program. And this, it's designed by people to say, if you do these things well and you're prepared physically, emotionally, socially, in a family relationships, and spiritually, if you're prepared in all of those, then greater are your chances of being resilient in combat and in challenging situations, right? Well, if, no matter what you do, if you look around at the, force, the service, whatever it is, but I'm going to pick on my army, and I'm going to pick on my post here. If we go down, there is a resiliency campus at Fort Carson. Gorgeous. It's got a better gymnasium than the University of Michigan does in its football team. It is awesome. And it's got a behavioral science clinic and a family advocacy program building and all of those kind of things. I asked them, where's the spiritual building? I want to go be in the spiritual. Who takes care of the spiritual dimension? We leave that to the individual. Now, you, you guys could probably go head to head with me on this one. I don't accept that. I think there has to be, for example, if it was me, for every hour we do PT, we ought to do every hour PT. Anybody catch me here? Physical training, if you give me an hour, you ought to give me an hour to do prayer time. I don't care what you pray to. I do care. <laughs> I care a lot. But I can't say that in the greater army. You could be praying to a Jedi something. I don't know what that is. But my point is, there is a handoff here. They work on those four, first four, but they put very little emphasis or resources into developing the spiritual person. So what, what's that mean again? Where they live, they live by us. That's our job. That's been handed to us as a role where we can come alongside our, our military and alongside our chaplains. This is huge to me. I think this is a very natural fit. Okay, so this is a quick summary. The military members that serve a special calling, chaplains need help, significant spiritual brokenness, in military, I believe. Spiritual dimension of resiliency is recognized, but not necessarily addressed all that well, and our families live in our community. So what do we have to do? I think it's time for the local church to be more engaged in all of that, and that's, that's what drove us to all this. So if we call then, that we call, pay attention to it, here's kind of what Brady's decided, how we'll do this at our church, calling attention. So we take the heart of the matter, what our issue is, is not fixing the problem when they come home. What we're going to try to do is focus on the fact that they're going into this unprepared. Why is that again? There are 600 organizations in town who are working down here. What we want to do is help the chaplains up front. We want to be part of developing them spiritually so that they're, they can do as many spiritual push-ups as physical push-ups. So what's that mean? 
We generally, we're going to say we're going to cover all of our military in prayer. This place right here, we cover the military every day in prayer. We also cover Colorado Springs and anything else we can do for our forces locally, right? But our most important thing, we just, we've just decided for our own church, when they walk in our doors, it's going to pray, disciple, and prepare them for the spiritual battle. So let's take a look real quick at what that means. These, these are what kind of represent, we get single soldiers, a lot of those, Air Force Academy cadets who, who come here, and we get some great military families. A lot of, as you can well imagine, Air Force families, Army families that come all the way up from Carson, um, and obviously a lot of, and more single soldiers than you'd probably think. We get a lot. Sing, and, and airmen and, uh, yeah, warriors. That's what they are, warriors. Okay. Now, it would be easy to say, on Tuesday night all military people come here and we'll make you stronger spiritually, but it ain't kind of like that. So, if, what I did, I went on our website and just said, what do we offer right now? And this is, I won't say this is everything, but if you were to go on your own church website, what do you, do, what do you have? You have, a, you have small groups, you may have a restoration ministry, you may have something for teenagers, you may have something for women, you may have something for men. You line all of that stuff up. And all we decided what we're going to do is be much more deliberate about bringing that family to the right touch point and lodge them in the church, but do it as quickly as we can. So first of all, we welcome them as this is their local church, and then we very deliberately, we, don't, we say to them, you don't have three years to figure out where to get lodged. We're going to help you figure that out right now. Because they're only going to be here two, maybe three. In some cases, that's growing a little bit. But even then, they're very transient. So what we want to do is get at them right away. And I'll talk you through that. So the point is, with the exception of three things that I'll talk about in a minute, this, there they are, prayer, disciple, and spiritual warfare, we're just going to lay into our, what we already have at the church. What this means is very little difference in resources. This is not a resource issue. This is a heart issue. Do we really want to do this? And do we really treat the warriors as part of our local community and welcome them the way we should? Okay, so here's our quick concept. This is, very, this is kind of in detail, so just track with me here. Here's a family. Hopefully, if we've done this right through social media that we're working on now, they will already know about this church before they come to town. They'll already know about your church. Or somebody will have referred them, which is what we want to do. So if you're out of town, I want to refer them. If you're going to live down in Pueblo, I want to, I want to refer them to your church. That's what we, want to do. we need to do as a body, by the way, help each other out there. Family shows up. They've been on the website. They've already kind of found this, perhaps. We, we have a team of scouts I'll talk to you more about the volunteer force in just a minute. One of the things we do is we, we went to the retirees and said, I'm looking for the best scouts out here. And, of course, that gets the adrenaline going. And I found a bunch of people who just love to be scouts. What were they scouting for? They just roam the hallways. And they're looking for haircuts like this one. And for, some, for some reason, I can just tell your Air Force. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was a, absolutely a compliment. My point is, the scouts are out. Scouts are out is a big. It's a big deal. You know, military did. Scouts are out means we're in it, and the scouts are, are finding to set the conditions for the battle. So they're out. So we've got scouts out. We also very deliberately we have a thing called Guest Central. At the end of every sermon, or at the end of every service, Pastor Brady meets 
the newcomers. And one of the things they do there, they're able to pick up information so we have all of our stuff there. I'm going to give you all this if you, anybody wants any of this. But the other thing that we did that was very beneficial is on our guest registration card, we have a box that says they're active duty. Right, this is huge, and I think in your church, as you try to figure out who is this, you may have to have a start point and catch up to those that are already here, but get a start point and figure out who's, who's active duty, and, and about half the time, no, 75% of the time, let's say the husband is in the military, it's the wife who signs up and says, my spouse is in the military. So we found out, put, is it you or the spouse? So, we, so now it gives us a source for being able to track them. So we give them information. We've made contact. That's the first step is a very deliberate process of making contact with the military that walk in the door. They're not going to walk in, by the way, with uniforms on and all that. But most of the time they want to stay low-key. Scouts are out. Then what happened, once we make contact, our church happens to run on a database called Fellowship One. You probably have something similar to that. If not, I ran this myself on an Excel spreadsheet for, for a long time. And it's just, who is who are they? Have I made contact yet? My job at the end of this was by the end of the first week, I'm not doing all that well at this, is to have sent them an email invited and invited them into a meeting with me. Now remember, we're getting 20 new families a week, maybe. We've, we've had in the start of the year, about 780 new military families and members. It's just since this year. So ours is fairly big, but, it's, but the process is the same. Then the idea is, is meet and do an assessment. I want to pass everybody one of these real quick. Has everybody seen, anybody seen this thing? If you have one, if you have one, don't, you don't have to look at this, but I want to, somebody else figure that out. <laughs> I have more, and I'll, I'll pass more. I want to I show you something real quick in here. Now, this sounds a little cheesy, but in here, if you'll go to the third tab, third tab, go to the third tab, and there is a, this is really interesting, there's a thing called the spiritual fitness self-assessment. Now, again, you'd think, I ain't going to do that. Okay, but what, what I did is I modified this a little bit, and I invite every couple to come and see me, or family, or soldier, whoever it is, and we talk to them. And I use this. Now, I don't, I don't put a check mark, and I don't give them a score. You want to be very careful about how to use this. But I want to tell you, this is a very deliberate process of looking somebody in the eye and saying, where are you? Because remember, what we want to do is get them engaged. We know where they are spiritually right now, we can then decide how we can help you grow. So it says, I appreciate that there is a spiritual dimension to life. If the answer is no there, you kind of, you kind of got to say, yeah, yeah, so your wife brought you here, didn't she? Because <laughs> yeah. I get that answer. I believe that God exists. Tell me about your God. Let's just talk. Now, most of this time, I go to them. I'm at... I can't tell you how many Whopper Junior meals I've eaten at Burger King on Fort Carson. If you sit here and expect them to come here all the way up from a military installation in this busy schedule, it ain't going to happen. 
so I'm telling you, that's why I'm as heavy as I am. I just eat way too many Whopper Junior meals. It's just, my, Carla, my wife told me they have salads there. I didn't yeah. even know that. <laughs> All right, go down a couple, and here's one that's really interesting. Here's one I, I learned a real lesson on. I regularly draw strength, courage, and wisdom from the Bible. God's word to mankind. And I can tell you, I get the deer in the headlight look on that one all the time. So that caused me to do something very unique I'll talk about in a minute, different than I had, I didn't realize how, how we just don't know the word. And matter of fact, the fighting soldiers of my army are afraid of it. They're intimidated by it. The next one says, I regularly draw strength, courage, and, oh, no, it says, I'm a, uh, oh, next one. I pray consistently to communicate with God about challenges and opportunities in life. Most, most of them have no idea how to pray. So, again, it caused me to have to change what I thought we, where we were really called to do in that. Now, you can use this or not, and you can make your own up. I suggest, though, if you have that chance, make one up. And you know what I did? I staffed it with my church. Because I, I wanted them to know I'm doing this, and here are the questions I'm asking. Or is there anything, you know, we're not getting deep into, you know, describe um, all your thoughts on eschatology. <laughs> it's not that. It is kind of pretty basic stuff, but where are you? Now, many times it'll get to the point is, my wife and I aren't doing it very well. So at that point, we, I open up this group's magazine and start talking about, well, would you consider maybe a small group that focuses on something? And by the way, we have a couple. And, or, or I'll look them in the eye and say, we need to work on something. And... I'd like to take you and meet a pastor in our, in our restoration team because there's something really deep going on. And, and you've got to be kind of there. You've know, you got to be discerning as a pastor what's going on there. I want to tell you that the issue is pornography. You know, I'm, I'm just telling you right now. And, I, and our solution to that is we have a number of underground groups that many of them don't, they're not listed in this book. And they're not advertised in big lights. Because they won't, obviously there's so much, that, the baggage that goes with that, they're not going to go there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, that's a personal walk with me to that session. It's really, really an, an amazing thing where the enemy's found that point of penetration, in our, especially in our young men. I mean, it hurts me. Well, <clears throat> this little thing's pretty cool, but this comes from uh, Campus Crusade and Crew Ministry, and that's called Crew now, Crew Ministries. Now, I have a ton of these. If anybody wants some of these to take back with you, I'd be glad to, be glad to give you some of those, if I can find them wherever I have. Um, okay. Yes, you, yeah. You don't? I have special versions for airmen. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you those. Okay, another thing we do then, how many of you use this Bible? Or the other version of this? 
Can I tell you about this little Bible real quick? I, I, I don't want to. Um, this Bible is produced by Biblica next door. You know Biblica? International Bible Society that IBS was such a raw term. You know what IBS is? <laughs> that they changed their name to Biblica. Um, so Biblica wrote the NIV and they produced this. You get these. The, Biblica, the military arm of Biblica is the only one that's really being effective anymore and is fun, fully funded. You can go to Biblica and get these just dirt cheap. And if you talk to them sweet enough, they'll give them to you free. I learned a few lessons on that. Get to know the local, your, your guy and <laughs> they'll work through this. But here's something really interesting. Um, and You talk about uh, being intimidated by this. Most of them had no clue what this was and just thought you're supposed to go in here and read a little proverb that's a little pithy thing about how you live without sleeping with a woman or something like, you know, that's kind of what they thought. So what Biblica did, first of all, it put some psalms and stuff up front so that the Psalm 91 is obviously, we know those and so on. Um, it's got an order of worship. It's got some neat things. But the most important thing that it has is a six-act narrative of the Bible in the very beginning. And, and what I encourage guys to do when they read this is, to, is just to understand what the Bible's about. Not in the depth of the Scripture, and the number of books of the Bible, you know, any theme of the Bible, just read this. And it's amazing how simple and clean this is. And I suggest, and I'll tell you what I use as a basis for, I do a Bible basic training now as a result of this. So this is what we use. And we, I tell them to mark it up. We kind of fly through this like a soldier, you know, we're flying over it and we drop in and talk about key parts. This gives suggestions on exactly how to do that. This is, a, this is an excellent tool. And at the back, it's got basic spiritual training. We had a little input into this with Biblica. So I just, this has just been amazing. It fits right in the pocket. It ought to be carried, I tell them, just like any other weapon. And then I tell them, for example, in, when I first got mine many years ago, what I, just little things, I put a picture of my wife there. And I told him, you know, many of these guys are trying to figure out what this is all about and their wife and all this stuff. And I said, look, when you're, when you're there in Afghanistan, the forward operating base, and you want to go see a picture of your wife, where do you have to go? Well, where can you go? Go to the Bible. And by the way, when you look, or when you want to go to the Bible, guess who you get to see? You know, it's, I just, I try to get into this to say, look, this is, this is a weapon to help you and to make it personal and to under, I'm a guy that likes to underline. If, if any of you are to, like my grandmother, she, you know, our Bible had to sit on the table and she was the only one that could open it, you know, so, okay. But I suggest that and uh, I do have enough probably to give each one of you one. I don't have more, probably more than that now, but. I buy these by the box loads. And I give them out as many people as I can, even in non-military. Men like these in the men's, our men's group. We invite them to come to New Life Next, which is kind of like where we, uh, like a membership meeting, where we define who we are, and we let them ask questions and meet our staff and all that. Um, it's also there that we recognize, and in many cases, it's either here or at the next session, where we bless them in. This is really important. We recognize them and bless these families in. Then we invite them to a monthly luncheon. We set up tables in here. We have a group of maybe 20 people. 
They come, and at the end of every month we have lasagna, pre-baked lasagna, bread, Caesar salad in a bag, and lemonade and iced tea. It's really simple to cook up and really e easy to do fast, but we make them serve it to themselves. We sit with them, and they serve each other so they get to know each other because what happens is that young lady whose husband's getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan has two little kids, sits next to one who has two little kids, and her husband's going to Kuwait. There already is the first order connection that we're looking for. At that point, we give them one of these. We developed our own prayer guide. I'll give you one. You can have one of these. I won't talk about it, but you can take a look at these. These are kind of by topic. If there's something that... These you can get like, a, you know, do it on iPhoto bookshop deal or something like that. Do it just do yourself. Um, we had a, a donation to our military, and uh, I used it for startup costs. Other than that, our resources are actually very little. Most of them are spent on things like this, to be honest with you. Okay, after that, we put them in somewhere. We meet with them. We do the assessment. That's where they lodge them into the church as quickly as we can. We continue to pray for them. We have a prayer team that, by design, out of about 50 people now who just pray over our military. We do a Sunday prayer time in here between services. And then we also do a Wednesday prayer email that we update. We pray for everybody deployed. We have 31 members of our church deployed right now. And we pray over all of our military for all of those in the city. And it's just kind of a continual prayer. Many times there's a specific need we'll pray on that as well. Prayer is the, is the basis for it. This all started out of growing a prayer team. I can't emphasize that part enough. We then bless them on their departure. We'll invite them to the prayer session, lay hands on them, and pray them into wherever they're going. Or if they're going to be deployed into theater for a combat tour, we meet with them and we pray them out. It's important to go to wherever their departure point is the night they leave or the day they leave and pray with them. Many times we like to be there when they come home. They don't need us then. I found that out. They need us when they leave. Stay in contact with them. We put sponsor families around every one of those. Um, we also, you probably all do this as well. We have a campaign. We just leave these around where families can write them. A, you know, I just buy a ton of these. And we have the addresses. We just tell them to leave that. We'll put the address on there. You know, it's a person's name or whatever. So just having these available, because families love to do that. Just write an encouraging letter to a soldier. And they know if it's coming from this, this is their church member. Right? We also, have, are any of you sending care packages? Care, the care packages, uh, the um, post office has a standard box. It's an, it has a flat rate box to APOs and F. Everybody's seen these. And I buy, I typically buy a stock of stuff and help people fill them up. This is a $12.99 deal to send this anywhere. Cost about $25 to fill it up. So I have stuff to fill up with beef jerky, you know, flashlights, wipes, and all that stuff. But then there's about a third of it where once we correspond with them, we figure out what they really want. A guy wrote me, said, just send me a bunch of black licorice. So I gave him like four pounds of black licorice. You like to be around that guy. 
So I encourage these. And these are great things just to say, I got a bunch of boxes out here, anybody want them? You pay the $12.95 and then say to somebody, you go fill it up and mail it. It's a no-brainer. I mean, they'll do, people jump all over that. And now again, you've, made, you've maintained contact with the, de, with the deployed person and they, you know their address, right? So that's really important. Pardon me? The boxes? Well, I, the boxes are just coming up flat. They, they give you these in a big brown box. They're flat. I, we have several supply rooms. One's right across here. And then we have a basement where we have cages where we, we put all, all that stuff. What do you mean? Yeah, what to send and what not to? Who mails them off, the actual individual? Sure. Yeah, now I give them a list. There's a list that goes with it. And you, look, it's no different than somebody, uh, a parent or somebody, in my opinion. Now, I, we, we try to be upfront and tell them what they're doing. They have sponsor families who do this a lot. They know how to do this. We know how to do the custom tags and all of that now pretty well here. Well, no, we do, give, we do give the names of whether it's a male or female. And then the other part we do is we tell the children, it's important now, get the children involved and let them draw something. And they don't even have to say who it is, but they'll draw American flag and say thank you for this. And, all. and the soldiers love that, I think. Yeah. We get a, a lot of comments on that part. Okay. Just a couple other things we do. This is our prayer, in our prayer room here, in between our services. So we have a 9 o'clock that ends at 10.30, and we have an 11 o'clock. From 10.30 to 11... People meet in here and just pray for our military. New military families are, are called to come in here and we can pray for them. Or if they're departing, we come in and we bless them out. It's, this is really important. And we also have our other pastors. By the way, if, when you begin a military program, ministry, I spent probably two months presenting and talking to every other department before I did it. If it wasn't within the heart of the church and everybody agreed to it, I, wasn't, I decided I was not going to do that. Now, I was not a pastor at the time. I was still just serving the church as a volunteer. And I just went to every one. And I'd buy them lunch and talk to them about this or whatever. Just say, now I want to show you what we'd like to do. Or do you, are you okay with it? And they've really bought into it. Amazing. Discipleship is important. I, do Bible, I teach Bible basic training myself at 9 o'clock right in here. We're going to try a new, a new approach to this on the next iteration of this. We also are now developing our own spiritual warfare class. We're using, how many of you know Neil Anderson's book called um, Victory Over, the Dark, Over Darkness? We start there, we go through uh, how to clothe yourself in, in, what is it, Colossians or Galatians, whatever it is, and then we go to Ephesians 6. And, and it's all about then getting them to ask, is there something that you're not, where you don't have truth in your life? If, if there's some issue there, then, then this is to no avail. We've got to stand in truth. We've got to wear the, you know, the armor as we, as we go through all of that. By the way, this was all prepared fully by a volunteer staff, which is really nice. Here's our volunteer cadre, we call it. 
I had them go through, um, we had about 110 people come. We have about 75 people who are active in this right now. When we got them to come and we talked to them about everything, presented this, and they decided to join, we had an enlistment ceremony. They love that. And it ended in, so help me God. I enlisted them for a year. That's all I said. And these primarily now are other military people who just want to serve young soldier, young warriors again. They love to do that. They just, absolutely. I'd be glad to give that to you. Yeah, it was, a, it was dumbed down and made, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to overdo this because you can get really weird with this. You can. But, you know, I'm a pretty proud guy and I, I kind of like this commitment thing. If you're with me, you're with me. And then we pick the team leaders and, and we kind of, these are the kind of things they do. So we have an admin team that kind of helps us now. Jesse, by the way, is, Brady found this so important that I have a full-time admin now. That, that's pretty high speed. <laughs> She doesn't even know what she's getting into. This is the first time she's heard this. And we have a scout team. We have a scout team. And a lot of these guys are Vietnam vets. And they just, they're, they're like looking in corners and everything, trying to figure out who's out there, you know. CAS means in the, in the Air Force is close air support. It's in our terms, it's come alongside. This is the team that provides response, helps us with spiritual assessments. They do come alongside, which means they get sponsored teams and so on teaching team that's developed these, these programs for us and a prayer team. Prayer team is just huge and it, this all grew. We started with our prayer team and our prayer team constantly covers our prayer min, our military ministry on, the, on their own. They're out by themselves. And, I, and a young lady that's running that has never done anything in the military. She was just called to lead this and she is just absolutely amazing. A couple other things. We're just now Jesse is now the, the social media guru. Thank you very much. So we're going to be tweeting and tooting and all that stuff that goes on here. <laughs> Whatever you do here, facing and all that other. <laughs> now, let me, I, want, I do want to tell you something. Go on a website called militarybeliever.com, and they teach a course on how to use social media effectively in military ministry, believe it or not. In fact, there's one on the 1st and the 8th of October that, that we're signing up for. We don't even know this yet. That we're going to sign up for. That It's a webinar. Militarybeliever.com. Yeah, I'm gonna show, I'll show you that in just a minute. So that's another thing we do. Um, one of the things I decided to do is our staff, amazingly, had no clue what the military was about. So we created a day called Military 101. I went to the local surplus stores and bought them all a pair of BDU pants. Made him, made him wear an Army T-shirt. We got up at 4.30 in the morning and drove down, did PT with the unit. You can see us trying to, trying to do push-ups. And we, we spent all day. They eat, they eat. We, ate a, we ate in the mess hall. Then we went to training. We got to see they were wearing Black Hawk or on Apaches. And at lunch, we had to eat MRE meals. And, yeah, and then we went and met with all of our the our chap some chaplains and talk to them about these are these are pastors and staff at this church 25 of us and then at the end of the day we had a picnic with our families at Fort Carson and it was just an amazing day and the idea is if you got to know your flock it's kind of that simple and these guys didn't know anything so we just said okay let's go live it for a day and they were pooped I mean it was the end of the day it was ugly you know trying to we went in we went in um, sim, uh, simulators, yeah. convoy simulator through Afghanistan. 
the pastors are up there killing guys and everything. You know, they have a blast. That's pretty good. <laughs> we do two recognition events. Um, one is at, around Memorial Day, the other is Veterans Day. We had a cowboy singer, a real cowboy, come and sing. We do this, and one time each year we have them wear their uniform if they will. And we do this, kind of get a set of who do you really have out there. And that, that's where you can take a roll call. But this is where we also got a lot of these pictures. Many of them wouldn't, kind of hesitant to send pictures and stuff. So some of these is where we'll get, we, you can get pictures of. And they love it when you take their picture and then you send them a copy of the picture. You know? And then we gave them bags with, our worship department is really good about giving like extra CDs and, and Brady let us get some books. We had a, you all can have a copy of this one, Psalm 91. You can get these free. There's a, there's a website where you can get those free. And one of our guys wrote a book about his thing in Afghanistan. You can have one of these. Yeah, it's, you can read it in a day. It takes me two days, but it take you one day. Oh, and here's some, seed, here's some worship CDs. Yeah, that's our own guy, yeah. It's about being ambushed in... And it's a, it's, there's, there's great correlation between the spiritual and the physical here. He got, he got brought into it, led into an ambush. And it talks about God re- reminded him, don't forget me now. It was really good. How are we coming? Okay. Um, we also do these welcome luncheons. You can see that real quick. We also have two, two programs that have been going for quite a while. One called Warriors for Warriors. Chris is a part of this and, and the next one. one. They just come in here and pray. It's amazing. It's all women now, I think, and it is powerful. And they designed these shirts. Not long ago, they were looking for solutions to um, body armor over in combat zones. And one of our young ladies said, I'll create body armor. She just went down and got standard issue T-shirts and wrote the armor of God on those. Every one of those people, and I think she's mailed over 1,000 of these to our soldiers now, have come back whole. They pray over them, and they send them out to these people. i got to tell you, this is huge. The other thing is we have GI grannies for soldier support. <laughs> these are our gigs, they call them. Just a bunch of grannies that want to be grannies, but they like to do it in a uniform. And they're, they're just helping out. I mean, it, it, we can get – you can – easily get caught up in volunteer organizations and where they're supposed to be all this. There's just a bunch of grannies that just want to kind of help. And they make cakes and they do a bunch of other kind of things. They're pretty cool. Here's some organization that I touch base with that I encourage you to. OCF is Officer Christian Fellowship. It's everywhere. So you send, if an officer is in your church and an OCF member, they know to go to the next place and get into the OCF at their next location. Military ministry is, is that's crew. Biblical over here does, has a biblical, as a military arm. They will even put your church name on the front of those Bibles and do all that if you want to pay for that. We want to be a little bit, uh, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite to that point, but Navigators is big here in town, and finally, militarybeliever.com. And Cadence. Cadence down. Uh, CMF. There are a lot of others. I, my point is go find some of those and hook into them the best you can. It's not, an, it's not a money issue. It's a hard issue. Here's our summary real quick. So I say go out there and nail them. Um, listen, I'm an Army guy, but I love every one of these. These are our guys, and I, if I could just hug them now, I would. You know what I mean? I, I just I love them all. So.
God bless these guys, our warriors. And God bless you. If there's anything I can do to help any of you, and I, I don't know if we got all the answers, but we're trying, you know what I mean? And there's a little card. It's got our website, I mean, our email and stuff. We found out it was just have fun creating a logo that everybody would recognize. Because we got all these cheesy little things like the mill and the base, and nobody knows what they are. So I went to Pastor Bay and said, I'm going to call mine military ministry. <laughs> well, that's creative. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that's it. We're only an hour today, right? Yeah. So. I loaded you up with a bunch of junk. But yes, sir. I'm, Yes. Yeah. Um, we have a. We now we we're very careful about overreach. What we do is like just the army do, uh, military does a pre-deployment, deployment, and post-deployment process. We mirror that spiritually. So we before they go, we're with them. We're praying with them. We're trying to be a spiritual family with them. We sign a family to them. Then when they're gone, somebody staying in contact, including me. I I contact them all every. Like every two weeks, every week I have a list of people, and, they're, and then by every two weeks I've, I've personally asked, how you doing, what's going on in, your, in the battlefield over there? And then, but, but somebody else is in contact with them, and then somebody else is with the family back here. These are, these are sponsor families. And we've walked them through a cut. This is probably the, where we need to grow more than anything. It's what are our boundaries there? Because we don't want to be the end all for them. There are lots of support structures in place on military installations that they can use. So we don't want to do that. What we want to do is bring them and make sure they're growing spiritually and they're praying and all of that kind of stuff. And then when they come home, to be with them because those are new families now. Okay. I, I really appreciate it. God bless you all and thank you very much.